Hello, this is How to PhD Season 2, Episode Number 4. This week, we are back and we're going to be talking about procrastination and giving you our evidence-backed guide on how to beat it. Hello again and welcome back to the show. My name is Aaron and I'm joined for the first time in 490 days by Julia. Hello, yeah, we're happy to be back after a long break, but our baby daughter has kept us on our toes, but she's currently napping. We hope it stays like that for the remains of uh, the recording of this episode. Yes, and that's exactly it, right? I mean, it's about making the most of the time that you get, So, which is a very nice segue into this week's episode, which is about procrastination, and it's a big one. And I think if you look across things like social media, if you look across YouTube, you'll see uh, videos dealing with procrastination with all sorts of kind of productivity hacks and timetables and, and methods to try and deal with the procrastination. But actually, in researching this episode, what we found is that it's not really to do with time management or self-control, but actually it's all about emotions. So let's get into it. And the first thing and the first step to beating procrastination is to know exactly what it is. So the first step to beating procrastination is to know it. And Julia, I guess the best place to start with understanding procrastination is to think about how it's actually defined. Yes, and I had to put this into our episode because I had Latin for um, six years in school. So procrastinate comes from um, procrastinare, which means to put something off until tomorrow. Um, but it also comes from Greek, akrasia, so doing something against your better judgment. And that's exactly um, what makes procrastination what it is. So we know that we're not supposed to be doing it, but we do it anyway. Yeah, and I think that's it, right? I mean, it's that kind of awareness. It's a form of self-sabotage right it's knowing that we're doing something that we're not supposed to be doing and it's really and this is the point of this episode is that it's it's about emotions and not so much productivity so as we said at the start of the show you know things like time management skills and and all that is good but at the core of dealing with procrastination is to understand why it happens in the first place which is about dealing with challenging emotions like anxiety uh, stress and boredom Um, and it's your brain really sort of kicking in you know, kicking in to protect you and, and give you that kind of, it, it kind of thinks, let me give you a short-term mood boost, right? And put you in a better mood by going on TikTok, Instagram, uh, rather than, which is what our brain is not very good at, rather than the long-term solution of just actually completing the tasks that you're working on. And that's what makes it so vicious, right? You get this reward in the short term, and then, you know, perhaps you procrastinate for an hour or so, and then guilt kicks in, and then you feel bad. And then to deal with feeling bad, your brain kicks in and then says, hey, here's another short-term reward. Get back on Instagram, right? It's this kind of vicious cycle, and that's what makes it uh, very difficult. And to give you an example, um, you know, I had a point in my projects last year or two years ago where it was a bit of a quieter time, right? There wasn't a whole lot going on. So I had a bit of boredom, right? It was it was a quieter time. I just had to read some papers and actually in that moment that's when I procrastinated the most and looking back you don't immediately associate boredom as a kind of negative emotion as such mm. as, mm. as strong as like anxiety and stress which you know also trigger the same thing but I think it's that awareness that actually it's an emotional issue and uh, if I can pronounce this right you know if you want to google this the the actual phenomenon is amygdala mm-hmm. hijack right it's this 
It's this brain kicking into this vicious cycle. So in some way, we are not really designed to think long term. We live in the here and now, and this is why our brain wants to put us in a short term, in a short term, in a better mood. So it's an emotion management problem, not a time management or self-control problem. So I think it's now time um, to talk about solutions and starting with forgiveness. So talking about forgiveness, and really this is addressing this core of procrastination, right, of it being an emotional problem. And really the first thing is to think back on those times that you procrastinated and to forgive yourself, right, and to let those times go. So don't hold that against yourself when thinking about your sort of future self and and being able to complete tasks. And there was a really uh, interesting study where they looked at students who completed an exam. And so they looked at students who did their exam and then how they thought about the next exam that they were going to do. And they found that the students who forgave themselves for the times they ended up procrastinating in the past actually did less procrastination for their next exam, right? And it was that kind of self-compassion, right? And in another study, they found that procrastinators typically have quite a a high stress, low self-compassion emotional makeup. So again, you know, break this negative cycle of making your brain trying to find quick solutions for the challenges, you know, self-compassion, you know, thinking more positively about yourself can can help shield against that cycle and that's some of the some of the brief psychology psychological research that that we found but i think the key thing is you know be okay with the times you've done it in the past uh, and look to the future and think more positively and there are some techniques julia that you can use to try and help manage that forgiveness process yeah so for example by reminding yourself a time where you did something good when you overcame challenges or given that you are doing a PhD or starting a PhD, you've probably already done an undergrad or a master's. So you have already passed huge um, hurdles in, in the past. And somehow you always, maybe it's a cycle. I remember, for, for example, for me, when I um, um, learned for my Abitur, I also procrastinated in that time, but I, I got it done, right? I, in the end, I, I managed to get the exa- um, exams done. And same with the undergrads and master's. Sometimes I think we're in that cycle where we do the same thing, we do procrastinate, but then in the end it turns out okay, Um, which is actually something that I read about as well, that um, often people who procrastinate a lot doesn't mean that they don't they're not good achievers they always they get it done last minute but you still feel maybe Mm. guilty during the process you struggle because you don't enjoy or you know you're guilty (laughs) while you procrastinate because you're wasting that time and you could probably get to the goal faster if you wouldn't do it Um, but yeah so just try to think about obstacles in the past that you have overcome think oh maybe this is just another thing that I have to deal with now and that you will get done in in the end and maybe that will help manage the anxiety of oh for, of the brain right that that causes mm, us to yeah. procrastinate in the first place um, so this is something you can practice and um, we know it's not easy but um, it's it's never too late to to try doing a new thing and actually I learned it might take to 21 days to start a new habit so be patient with yourself and yeah, that's, I think, our first lesson. Yeah, that's right. And it's about, in fact, I think this now reminds me, we had a couple of episodes in our Mental Health Awareness Week 
list of episodes, which I think is way back when we started the show. But actually, mm-hmm. we have a load of techniques there as well around kind of showing appreciation for your day um, and, you know, appreciating the things that you have accomplished mm-hmm. and a range of techniques there which can help this process of dealing mm-hmm. with that emotional part of procrastination. So maybe actually the next round of your procrast- procrastination could be listing down things where you overcome challenges. So rather than going on social media or something, you, you could try that and maybe at least it will be a productive procrastination productive procrastination (laughs) exactly yeah so you can use procrastination that time that you will do it um to actually forgive yourself and put yourself in a better position for for dealing with it in the future so we've talked a lot about the emotional side and while the next set of um, tips is around still a kind of emotional but it's a little bit more practical but it's about addressing the challenges themselves Okay, so let's talk about dealing with the challenge of the task itself, the thing that you're trying to accomplish, but procrastination is getting in the way of. Um, So we really need to think about breaking the cycle um, that's causing us to seek this protection and and short-term mood boost and and get a solution, right? So a lot of it is about reframing the task so there's a positive aspect to it. So really reflect on if I get this task done, what will my supervisor say? Um, what could you gain from this? Uh, you know, if you write this paper, will you be presenting at a conference? You know, really think about that kind of end goal. And and again, at the core of the psychology of procrastination is us kind of prioritizing, prioritizing our current self versus our future self. So think about your future self, right? This future version of you who has this completed paper or conference or chapter um, and think about how much better, you know, that person will be compared to your current self, you mm. know, and really, really internalize that um, and focus on the beneficial outcome of doing that task and particularly how it makes you feel Mm. yeah so when you start procrastinating so when you start going for example to your phone you're opening social media hold on a second and maybe think about how you could break up this big task um, that is um, giving you anxiety or as you said before i think in the beginning you said sometimes just being bored of something can also um, like be a reason why you procrastinate so just think about like how could i break or make this task maybe more interesting or how could i break it into more size um, bite-sized chunks um, so it's not so overwhelming just think about what would actually happen if i just did a take on the task um, that you are trying to avoid um very important motivation follows action so don't wait to be in the right mood for something it probably won't get better um by just thinking about it but what will make the change is just starting it no matter how small just start somewhere so for example if it's um, replying to a tricky email just force yourself to just open that email um, and just read it or or uh, yeah just opening up will be the the first bit to kick you back into that mentality of uh, of getting into the back into the work and so it's just a the next um, step yeah exactly that and i think it's really about uh, making it as easy as possible you know you kind of mentioned you know forcing yourself to open that email but take that extra step and make it as easy as possible to get the task done so for example if your if your goal is going to the gym then you could for example in an extreme case you could sleep in the exercise clothes right or in a less extreme example lay them out at the foot of the bed or something along yeah. those lines to really make doing the task mm-hmm. a lot easier 
definitely for me it's i think when i know i have a peer review back right that's a big moment when you you have been working on your journal paper for a long time and then you don't hear from it for, for a month and then suddenly you get this this email that you've been waiting for and you can already see maybe major corrections or something and so for me that's probably one of the um, points where it's tempting to start procrastinate by just avoiding it because often you know already it's full of criticism you will have to go back to um to the paper and do it again so it's a tough one so what i do is that i just start by reading through a couple of times which is easy so it can just get my brain starting into how could i potentially address all these comments that are so overwhelming sometimes and then what i do because it's just an easy thing <laughs> rather than just starting by address the points immediately i just copy all of the points into my nice um, <laughs> document that i've prepared um, so just preparing my document without actually starting to respond to the the criticism yet i just do that because it's just start getting started with accomplishing that difficult task yeah it's about having that sort of almost automatic response to help you crack mm. on with something difficult and for example you can also use our thesis template which is mm. available on the website right which is a, effectively a skeleton document which again it has headings it has the contents table so laid out the feeling of done a little you make exactly. a start on it yeah you're kind of you know as opposed to starting on a blank document you've got a bit of structure there mm. it's about making that task a little bit easier something i do at the end of every single day and i mentioned this before in previous episodes is that i on a little post-it note will just write down what i need to do for the next mm. day and yeah i've got my you know reminders list i've got my task management and all that kind of advanced stuff which tracks all that as well but then just the simple act of writing it in my own words on a post-it note stuck on the monitor means that the next day when I have a complex task I've got my own words ready to go I've just made it a, a little, little bit, bit easier, easier. Mm. Uh, to get into the the mindset of, mm. of doing what I need to do yeah two techniques that work quite well for me is as well that I meet up with others so to have a dedicated writing time or whatever it is so if it's addressing the comments from peer review no I, this day this time I'm just going to do it nothing else <laughs> I've committed to that time and that makes it easier for me as well the other thing is if I already know I'm gonna procrastinate <laughs> so if we're going back I remember very clearly in school when I start um, studied for the final exams I knew I needed a little bit of a break because I was so <laughs> fed up with studying for it so rather than um, kind of making myself feel guilty for it i kind of plan in this procrastination time i said okay i'm gonna work on this task for one hour nothing else in that time i'm gonna work one hour but then i will give my, myself 20 minutes which is a lot of time to, to be honest um to watch a 20 minute episode of a tv series that i like um so i yeah i made some slower progress because i had this big um time of watching tv but at least i knew i was gonna make pro progress in that other time and my brain got a short-term relief <laughs> in this 20 minutes time that i got for myself which i think is actually quite difficult nowadays because most tv shows are longer than 20 minutes so, now aren't maybe they? you like, should they, add that to they, a tip and look for sh uh, episodes tv series with short um, we'll, episodes we'll <laughs> compile a how to phd approved procrastination, procrastination TV, tv show series. list okay. yes um <laughs> So now we've talked a lot about making the task rewarding, um, but now let's deal with the other side of that and think about what we can do to make the temptations of Instagram and procrastination supporting things less compelling. 
So let's talk about making the temptations less compelling. And a lot of this is about putting roadblocks in the way of your most common procrastination tool. So this is quite a practical tip. Um, and for me, a big thing, again, you know, thinking about the time when, you know, I've had a bit of boredom and a little bit of stress about the projects and, you know, whether I was doing the right thing about a year ago. Um, one of the things that really drew me in, I think for a lot of people are social media apps, so particular Instagram, um, Facebook is going to age me quite a lot by admitting that I still use that. Um, but the point is, you know, a lot of these social media apps are designed with the infinite scroll. We know that there's always content, particularly with reels that are short and attractive and you just get sucked into it. Right. So um, a bigger thing is trying to put a roadblock in the way of engaging with that kind of application. And so there's a really useful app that I've used. It's free, I think, and I think you can pay to support the developer, which I think is really worth it. Uh, it's called One Second, um, and it's a really great app. It basically, you set it up, and it means that every time you open an app like Instagram or Twitter or X um, <laughs> or TikTok, whatever, um, it basically jumps in, right? So your app opens, and this jumps in, and it kind of makes you do an intervention like a deep breath or you have to kind of follow some dots around the screen uh, for five seconds and then you have to it then says do you want to go into Instagram or Twitter and then you click yes I want to go and then you can even say wait no no you should uh, say no I don't want to go but then you can say if you do need to go and you can say why right you can click on a little button and you can track kind of why so you can be honest with yourself you can say it's because of boredom it's there's even an option for i'm on the loo right (laughs) um there's a whole load of options so you can actually you have to physically do this thing to let yourself in and actually just this simple roadblock yes i still have the control to go into the app but it just jumped in and broke it gives you that little second for your brain to just click in and realize hang on I'm doing something where I'm mm. trying to repair my short-term mm. kind of emotional need. Um, and that's actually made a massive difference. My, you know, the usage of those apps dropped massively uh, since having this little intervention. Um, and there are some really basic other things which which I've read, things like people have put longer passcodes on their phone, which mm. I guess is not so useful in the days of Face ID and Touch ID. But still, <laughs> you know, it's this idea of putting some kind of physical limit um, on iPhone. And I think on Android, you can also add uh, screen time features. So you can set a limit on how long you're able to go into that app. And that's built for free into the uh, system itself. Mm. Explore these features. Think about what are these physical roadblocks that you can put in the way of using these apps i think we talked a lot about now social media as way of procrastination but i think for me actually it's sometimes less social media and more um that if there's a really difficult task that i have to complete i'm the one who starts like organizing and cleaning up i suddenly have that really deep feeling everything has to be now tidy and organized which i've ignored for (laughs) couple of weeks but now that i have this big task in front of me i'd rather do anything else so i could be organizing and cleaning up so for me it's also about where to work in that situation so for example my office is probably most of the times tidier than at home or at least at home you can always find something i think that you can clean up more or tidy up more so for me if i know i have a really difficult task it's easier for me to do it in the office unless i think for some people it might be at home that there are less distractions so i think it's 
also about um, thinking smart about how yeah how you can stop yourself of having more distraction or ways to procrastinate if if it's not for you social media but something else i think some people might tidy up their spice shelves or <laughs> whatever it might be that you are tempted to do then but that also made me think about um if you know you're going to procrastinate you could also try um to make that procrastination more productive in a way right so at least um on social media um in my i mean that is my personal opinion maybe you find it somehow useful or you you get in interesting information but for me i always get frustrated actually after social media looking at different people posts i'm like what am i actually learning from that i'm just wasting my time here so um you could think about what procrastination things will make you feel a little bit better about your procrastination so for example if you have not tidied up your documents um, in a long time or your folders are um, all not tidy at least if you use that as procrastination i think you will feel a bit better about yourself if that makes sense because at least you did something that you benefit from in the long term as well um, and maybe that even gives you a little booster so after you've done that tidied all your folders you feel like right okay i'm now in a better mindset um, to start that difficult ta task or boring task, whatever it might be in front of you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so you can use both in conjunction, right? You can use that roadblock yeah. and then redirect yeah. yourself onto a temptation which mm. is productive, but admittedly less compelling than mm. scrolling on social yeah. media and things. So hopefully uh, our comeback episode has given you some interesting uh, tools around procrastination. And really the key thing, you know, we want to summarize is that it's an emotional problem, right? So if you don't address that root cause of realizing why you procrastinate, these other tools that we've described, you know, at the, are not going to be as effective, right? It's about really getting into the core of it forgiving yourself be kind, for the yeah, be to, kind yourself. to yourself which is a you know general rule for the entire phd but especially here you know forgive yourself for the times you have mm -hmm. procrastinated make that task that you're going to do more rewarding and make the temptations mm -hmm. less compelling and we'll have a link to all of the things and the studies we discussed and some of the apps in the show mm -hmm. notes at how to phd dot mm -hmm. show but hopefully with all this evidence backed guide that we've given you uh, you'll have all the tools you need to beat procrastination Well, thank you so much for listening to How to PhD, and we're so glad to be back. Uh, if you know of someone who you think could benefit from this episode on procrastination beating tips, then please do share this with them. And of course, if you enjoy listening to How to PhD and you'd like to support us, then you can do that by leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts or, as I've recently discovered, over on Spotify. You can click the little three dots and click rate this podcast really helps the show be discovered by new uh, PhD candidates. So please do support us that way. And of course, you can visit our website at howtophd.show and leave a small donation through Buy Me A Coffee. Thank you to everyone who's continued to support the show, even when we've been on this hiatus. It's incredibly kind and we're just really genuinely blown away by all the generosity. Uh, we love hearing from you. Do get in touch. Contact at howtophd.show is the regular email. One-to-one -one at howtophd.show is for our one-to-one -one service. Uh, Twitter or X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, uh, and Instagram at howtophdshow. Next week, we're going to be talking about building the confidence to work with an intimidating supervisor. So it should be a really interesting episode. Uh, until then, take care. We're so glad to be back. Uh, and we will see you all next week.